So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for staying with us this morning. As uh, this is this time of the year when uh, Troker do some brilliant work out there on our behalf, I thought it would be appropriate to welcome back again into the programme. In fact, this person was with us last year. It's delighted to welcome back onto the programme again, Colm Hogan. Good morning to you, Colm. How are you? Uh, good morning, John, uh, and thank you for having me on again. It's, it's good to be with you and your listeners again. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. I know last year, I think from memory, you were speaking to us. Yes, we're, uh, it was actually Sierra Leone, and Sierra. the, the landslide had happened, in, ha- had happened in Sierra Leone the previous August. Oh, yes. right, well done. So. Uh, anyway, just uh, just out of a bit trocher again, there's maybe some list- uh, some of our listeners, maybe in various parts of the world, but uh, maybe in parts of country Limerick here, uh, might have heard about trocher, but I'm not too sure what it's all about and where they operate and so on and so forth. So maybe, first of all, who are Troker and where, and where do you operate? Okay, John. Well, well Troker are, are the overseas development agency of, of the Catholic Church here in Ireland mm-hmm. and founded, founded in 1973 by, by the bishops of Ireland and with a dual mandate. Uh, obviously, we do a lot of work overseas, so it was the to help uh, vulnerable people, the most vulnerable people in the world overseas. And then the second part of that mandate was a part of my own work, which is uh, on outreach work in different parts of Ireland. So it's, it's, it's going around telling people about our work, making aware of them and educating, and educating people in Ireland and informing them about the root causes of poverty. So like our work is, is really a, a wonderful expression of of gospel values, and it's how our supporters in Ireland express charity to some of the most vulnerable people in the world. So um, we're ever grateful like for the huge support we get every year, particularly during our Linton campaign, for, for the work we do. So say, for example, you mentioned um, John there, Sierra Leone at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell your listeners that, that some of our Linton income last year, like... Um, Donations from parishes helped to rebuild schools for children in Sierra Leone following that devastating landslide. So the Linton income allows us to do that work, like to go out and help people in situations like that and, um, and try our best to rebuild their community after a devastating landslide. And there'll be various other issues that you would have to, uh, or that are addressed by Troca, aren't they? I mean, you get involved with... Uh, food resources, maybe justice, justice and human rights. Sometimes we're not too aware of that. You'd be fairly involved in that area too, wouldn't you? We we would indeed, John. And um, like we, uh, in a lot of the a lot of our countries, unfortunately, uh, women are are not treated very well. Mm. So we have a whole program behind women's empowerment, and um, and helping people realise in these countries that uh, women should be treated equally, just like men. And um, our actually our Linton campaign this year is all about um, is all about justice and human rights with regard to land resources. So our whole Linton campaign this year is about um, about land rights, and it's highlighting different ways that land is stolen from vulnerable people, and it's either by corporate land grabs or by war or simply because they are a woman. So we actually have three. We have three girls on our choker box this year, John. Okay. So we have Patricia, Patricia from Uganda, Maria from Guatemala, and Maya, who lives in Lebanon, but uh, her family are of Syrian descent. 
So maybe you might just go through each particular one, just uh, just to give us a sense of what these people in various parts of the world have to put up with. Okay, well, well, in Guatemala, John, just to let you know that indigenous communities have a, they have very little legal access to land, so they live in their on land their families have cared for for generations because they're of Mayan heritage. So, but unfortunately, large landowners often take their land for their own use. So I was actually in Guatemala myself last summer and I met Maria and her family. And they, they told us, Maria's father told us of the story about how their, their family were evicted from their house in 2011 and their house was burnt down and their crops were taken, burnt as well. And all their belongings, say clothes and school books, everything was burnt in that particular eviction. So they really suffered as a consequence of that. Now, since, since 2011, because the large landowners who were looking for a sugarcane plantation, they since have moved on. So, so Maria and her family have moved back to the land they once had. So they're sub, basically they're subsistence farmers. And um, what, what is happening with them at the moment now is that they're, they're like they're, they have their own vegetables. The children are going to school. They're, they're still very poor compared to maybe what we would classify here in Ireland as having 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 some money or whatever, you know. So like for example, Maria is um walks to school every day two or three miles because they know education is important. But what they what they're living they're living in fear that these big businessmen will come back again and take their land. So Troker is trying to advocate for for them for their land rights and I suppose one of the hallmarks of Troker is that we work through partners. And when I mention the word partner I mean there's local organisations on the ground there that uh, that in, can influence local government, and local government can influence the national government, and and hopefully through all this advocacy work, we we can um, we can show these people that these indigenous people actually have the right to their land, and and that these large businesses can't come in and take their land from them. So that was the Guatemala story. So with Uganda, then it's all about um, basically. Patricia, her she's on the box this year, and her mother Evelyn was left a widow. Her husband died sadly, and and she has a family there. But because she's a woman, when the husband dies, the woman has no right to land. So she can even lose her land to her uh, to her brother's family. And sadly, in some cases, some of the women in northern Uganda also lose their children. Their children are taken away from them which is pretty horrific for, for, for the woman. So again, we're trying to advocate, again with local organisations, that this is not right and that the, the woman is well able to farm her own land, like many women do there, and that they are legally entitled to that land. So that's the Uganda situation. And then the Lebanon situation is probably a story that your listeners are familiar with because it's because of the war in Syria that Maya and her family have become displaced. So they're, um, they're living in a refugee camp in Lebanon. And when they look out, out uh, of, uh, of their house every morning, they can actually see Syria from far off. They can see the mountains of Syria. So they're living with the heartache of actually seeing Syria, seeing their homeland, and maybe trying to come to grips with the fact that they may never see it again, but the hope is that they will. So it's... It, the whole campaign is looking at 
land rights, but from three completely different perspectives. But at the same time, um, at the same time, it's the same, it's the same topic: uh, owning their land, owning their home, and 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 people losing their homes, which is a, a terrible injustice for anyone to go through. And I mean, would it be the case sometimes that even if these people come back, you know, um, maybe that lady you mentioned out there in um, Guatemala, would she be able to come back again? Uh, Like, she would come back to her own house. Would these big guys come back in again, maybe, and take the land again? There is that possibility that would happen. So, and that's that's most of our work. We're trying to advocate that this won't happen again, you know? So, um... But they, they do live in that fear. So it's the fear of losing their land again, you know. And um, I suppose one of the things that's really struck me uh, when I was there on my last day there, I, I met an uncle of Maria's. And Maria, uh, Maria's uncle said to me, he says, you, you, you don't realize, Colm, the, the, uh, the hope that organizations like Trokra and uh, organizations you work with over here, the hope that you give us, because he says, you're the hope that, that makes us get up every day. And also the hope that that tomorrow may be a better day for them. So um, he says, not, no. He says, no money can can take that hope, or no lack of money can take that hope away, and no uh, wealth of money can buy that hope for them. So, and he said, make sure when you go home, tell the people in Ireland that you have given us that hope and the will to live on, and that we're so so grateful for it. And so, so grateful for the generosity of that support. So I, th- I think that's really worth mentioning, John, because mm. your your listeners are the people who support our campaign, who listen to the stories and um, support it through funding the Troker Box or maybe getting involved in a campaign themselves, which they may see available on our website, you know. So, mm, yeah. so, um, so that's what Maria's uncle was really emphasizing that to me. I always thought that myself, but when I heard someone else saying that to me, it, it struck, it struck me really, really deep down, you know. And, you know, that's all going through my mind there, um, Colin, was, was these are real people. These aren't just stories. You've met yes. them and you've spoken with their uncles and you see the pain in their, in their faces and, in the, and, he, and hear the pain in their, in their voices. But a wonderful thing you said there, and that's maybe something that we can take away, you and through us, you are giving them some hope that these people can wake up in the morning with some bit of a hope that today is another day now and I'm still free and I'll work away, get up again and do the best I can. It's a yes, w- absolutely. And I, like in, and I, I could actually see the genuineness in, in, that man's, in that man's eyes when he was telling me this story, you know, that, um, that he said, like, this is, this is what keeps us going. And I know from my work colleagues who have been in Uganda and in that refugee camp in Lebanon as well, that like um, that that same hope is there because they see people coming in who value them because because of what they've gone through, whatever context uh, their story has been, uh, they, they people coming in like Trokra, like the organ, like the local partner organisations we work with, they see them coming in and helping them in their particular situation, and as bad as that situation is. They know someone is thinking of them somewhere, and that keeps them going. Callum, um, there's people out there listening, and I'm sure they want to try and help in some way. What's the various ways maybe we can support the, the good work that you guys in Troker are doing every day? 
So there's a number of ways that um, people can support our campaign. So maybe through the through our traditional choker box, and um, these funds will go towards a long way towards our advocating for Patricia's family, for Maria's family, and for Maya's family. And also with the Limerick Dices, John, we we have a volunteer initiative in operation at the moment. We just started last year, and it's great that we actually have just around 13 or 14 volunteer, volunteers with us in the Limerick Diocese. So what they're doing for us at the moment is that they're creating a troker display in their church or creating a troker space. They're helping us put up the posters in the different churches around the diocese. And some of them, some of them have actually gone out and spoke at masses about, about our work, creating awareness of our work. And there's a number of different other things that it can do. They could organize a coffee morning in the parish center, or, so there's, there's different things that they can do. For example, I know um, in Troker we have some films that we can show in community centres. So that's an opportunity as well that maybe a volunteer could, could um, be promoting that film showing in a community centre. So the way the, the, way the volunteer they can actually do it through their parish priest, they could ask the parish priest that they can contact us directly as well. So it's a, it's a great way of of creating more awareness of our work as well, you know. I think there's another one uh, that could be fairly popular. I certainly like it myself. Is 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 buying gifts? Oh yes, yes. Um, particularly, I suppose, uh, particularly at Christmas time, um, we have a, a gifts campaign where people can buy gifts for particular people in the developing world. But those gifts can also be bought throughout the year. And so. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's something, that, there's something that we're thinking about starting off in our own family, actually, and that's by giving people these gifts for for their birthdays. So yes. the idea is, I mean, I can give somebody, for example, I, I can give chicks, I, I, I think it is for about eight euros, or um, we can buy even some soap, which is only a fiver. But but all, yes. these, all these ways and means we, we can go right up and spending maybe a thousand euros, if you want, or 200 euros, or... 65 euros for beehives, whatever it might be, but there's various ways we can do it. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. At this and like, I think that's, a, that, that's good. That, and people can buy whatever gift they, they, would like, they would like themselves, and maybe it might be a gift, maybe that's, say, whoever, whatever, wh- whoever they're buying it for, like they, they know that person might have an interest in this, and, they know, and like it's very appropriate. And they know that it's going for, you know, to somebody who really needs this. Absolutely, okay. yes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe at this stage uh, you can give me some contact details as to how maybe if people want to can contact Trokra. Yes, um, I'll give you our, our website details are uh, Mm-hmm. and then the, the landline in Trokra is 01-6293-333. Yeah. And uh, maybe, John, just to, just to also say, just at this stage, that people will be aware of the devastating uh, tragedy of Cyclone Edai. Yes. And, and people, people may be uh, interested in, in how they can donate to help people there. So, so um, our preference like, is to direct donations to the Lenten Appeal. Like, supporters like inquiring about the Cyclone response ca- We'd encourage them to donate to our Lenten Appeal because donations from the Lenten Appeal will go towards those people as well, you know? Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, people would have seen the the horrifying TV pictures of, of the damage that was done in Mozambique, Zimbabwe and Malawi last weekend. 
So we're, we're, we are out there as well, helping people there as well. Okay, listen, Colm, thanks a lot for coming on. I just want to say uh, on behalf of everybody, thank you. Th- thanks to all the people in Trocra who are volunteering and, and um, t- t- doing such tremendous work on our own behalf. I mean, all right, we can do our own little bits and pieces by putting, and we should be doing a little, maybe a bit more than bits and pieces, putting money, not coins, but maybe the silent collection, as the man said before, into these Trocra boxes. But for all you people who go out to various parts of the world, and help those people, like the Patricias, the Mayas and the Marias of this world, you know, who are real people, suffering, not through their own fault, but because somebody else has decided to be a little bit greedy with whatever they, that they can get themselves. Thank you very much indeed for all the work you're doing. And well, thank you, and thank you, John, for the opportunity again, and, and, and thank you to your listeners too for your continued generosity. And without that support and without that help, we wouldn't be able to do the work we are doing. So we're we're forever grateful for that support and generosity. So thank you again. No problem, Colm. And look, thanks for speaking to us and no doubt we'll speak again sometime. Okay, John. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now, Colm. Take care now. Bye-bye. And now we go for a second piece of music this morning. And this one is by Marty Hogan and this one is entitled Who Will Speak? So let's hear this. The world that the church must serve is the world of the poor. Persecution of the church is the result of defending the poor. My life has been threatened many times. I have to confess that, as a Christian, I do not believe in death without resurrection. If they kill me, I will rise again in the Salvadorian people. speak for the poor and the broken who will speak for the people's oppressed who will speak so their voice will be heard oh who will speak if you don't who will speak if you Oh, 